What did you eat for breakfast? I had Kodiak pumpkin pancakes. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 147. This episode is sponsored by Ignite Your Music Career. You may remember in episode 90, I chatted to Craig Dodge about sync licensing and how he makes a living through writing music for TV, video games, and film. Musicians all over the world subscribe to Ignite Your Music Career and earn more royalties, more upfront sync fees, and more recurring revenue from their music. Whether you're a composer, singer-songwriter, band, beatmaker, or instrumentalist, your music can be earning you more money. Internationally acclaimed composer, musician, and music educator Craig Dodge has licensed his music in more than 1,000 TV show episodes, films, video games, and ads all over the world, and he will show you how you can too. Ignite gives you the information you need in a simple, accessible format, and you learn at your own pace. For just $6 a month, you get a video lesson each week on topics related to music licensing, from writing techniques to how to find your markets, and everything in between. You also get tools and activities to build the skills you need to be successful, and each lesson includes a royalty-free sound pack to download and use in your own music. The key to success in the music business today is to diversify your sources of revenue. Ignite will show you how. For more information or to subscribe to Ignite, visit the website at taris-studios.com or click the link on musiconyourownterms.com. In this episode, I chat to Rhonda Ray, a Dallas-Fort Worth local artist that recorded her first EP in Historic Muscle Shoals, and is gearing up to release her latest album early in 2022. Rhonda talks about what she has learned from starting at a local open mic night, to becoming a full-time gigging musician with sponsorships and some great industry relationships. She also talks about some negative experiences that prompted her to become more aware of toxic attitudes the resources that have helped her in the business side of her career along the way, and finally, how to film a DIY music video with a friend who's not afraid to hang out of a moonroof. Stay until the end for an exclusive preview of Rhonda's new single, Walking Away, out in a couple of weeks. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support, I'd be really grateful if you would consider signing up for the mailing list to stay in the loop with everything going on with the show. Just head over to musiconyourownterms.com and click the link. While you're there, you can also visit the store and grab some merch, or just buy me a coffee and help out with the running costs of the show. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome to another episode. Today, I'm hanging out with Rhonda Ray, who's a Dallas-Fort Worth local. So how are you and welcome. I'm great. It's it's great to be on with you this morning. Awesome. We kind of met through Instagram, but you actually work with a previous guest, Gary McGrath, who listeners can check out in episode 74. Um, but before we get into that, I mean, if you could just give us a rundown of, you know, what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. I play Texas size rock and roll. That's the best way to sum it up. 
my first album's called It's Party Time, and that's by design. You know, we show up to start a party. It doesn't matter if I'm solo acoustic, full band, what it is. You know, I think people need a break from the normal life stuff, and we're there to give them that reprieve for the the short time that we get to play for them. Awesome. So, yeah, you mentioned you, you do a full band, acoustic. So let's, you know what, let's ask about the writing process. Do you start? with just stripped down acoustic songs or do you jam with the band and have stuff come out of that like how how do you how do you write your songs everything starts with me i'm the, the only constant that that has ever been and probably ever will be in my my career and because i play so many acoustic shows i love to write them test them out get spend some time with them just me for quite some time before i ever take them to the band and then usually there's there's maybe Gary will be playing with me. I'll say, hey, I want, let's play this and kind of get bounce it off of him that way. But everything kind of flows really organically. Now, when it comes time to record, there's a plan. And we but we've usually we've had a year with this record that's coming out to to plan that and really get a feel for the direction the songs need to go. Some of the songs took a life of their own once we started playing them live as a band. So the process starts with me and it ends with me and it always will. Awesome. Do you, do you find though, when you're adding the, you know, the band stuff, do, do you ever get, you know, does anything surprising come up like a, a real, really signature kind of lick that you wouldn't play acoustic or, you know, you obviously hear guitar metal melodies and stuff like that, that, that are really iconic. Has anything like that come up in your music? Absolutely, and especially playing with Gary because he always comes up with something unique and out of the box. Hmm. And on my first record as well, you know, I had some legendary musicians on it. My guitar player on my first album, Kelvin Hawley, played for Little Richard for years. So there's oh, wow. some very signature, signature licks. Hmm. But I love that collaboration live when, when musicians, you have really great musicians, because that can go either way. You can have bad surprises or you can have really good ones. And that has to do with the quality of the musician, right? right? But I've got such a great roster of players now. And, you know, they'll do something out of the box because I, I don't want anyone to play safe. I want them to play what they feel and take chances because I don't want to be an imitation of what's already out there. Give people something sonically that is unique and makes them go, mm. like if I do it on stage, especially like my bass player, like cause Gary and I play together so much, I know Gary's gonna do something out there. I may give him a little look like, you know, yeah, you just did that. But when my bass player or the drummer does something so interesting in that moment, I try to always acknowledge that and say, yes, give me some more of that, you know, give them permission. Cause everyone plays so many cover gigs just to survive. Mm-hmm that you kind of get in that rut of just do this, but I want them to be the best version of themselves on stage. I want them to be able to express themselves creatively as long as it's serving the song and not their ego. Right. I want them to do that because then we all, it lifts us all and it lifts the crowd and then we get those magical moments. So yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like, it's literally having a conversation just with instruments and getting into that riff and, and you know, riff, riffing on an idea and just like going with it. That's, yeah. that's really cool. You've been 
playing since 2013, I saw. Yeah. How did you get into playing music and how did you, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. when when did you start learning an instrument and, and finding out that you wanted to play music and then, yeah, carry that forward to when you started playing professionally? I started piano at age six. And then a few years after that, I, I started saxophone. I played saxophone for a long time. And I wish I had appreciated all of it more. I mean, I was good at it. I was the person in any band or orchestra situation where they would throw something weird at and say, hey, learn to play this, you know. But I didn't, I was into sports. I loved to rodeo. I, I trained horses. I was into all these different things. And I just didn't really place as much value on the music stuff. And, uh, and not to be like arrogant about it, but it was almost like, oh, that's too e too easy. Not that music's easy, but it came naturally to me. And I just didn't, I just didn't value it. And so I didn't, I took, I always say I'd be a really great guitar player if I hadn't taken a 20 year, spent 20 years rodeoing and training horses. And uh, so I did that for a long time. And then I, I just started writing some songs. I just had the desire to kind of play around. I was writing some poetry and uh, there was a moment where I just said, yeah, I think I'm going to pick up the guitar a little bit and got bought my cousin's red Takamine guitar and started started picking it up pretty quickly because I had that background. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was working, this is a true story. I was working for my neighbor's ranch. I hauled a lot of horses for them. I helped them work cows, different things. I trained horses for them and sold horses for them. And the work got really slow one winter. And I had this little stack of original songs. And I thought, well, this would be the time to go have this experience, like going to an open mic. And I lived in Nocona, Texas at the time. So I went to Denton, Texas on a Monday night. I think it was January 3rd, 2013. And it was I think it was called The Garage. And there were all these people there and they weren't even able to like sing a whole song through and I was real nervous and I'm like I'm older I'm not in college it's a Monday night and I'm leaving the house when I go to bed usually and I remember thinking oh well I know I can at least play all my songs all the way through I probably had four covers and four originals and so I got up there and played them and the response was positive and then I went so I started started looking for more open mics and then you know, I, I, I'm a kind of an entrepreneur, so I figured it out. Someone paid me to do a, like $25 to do some songwriter night. And I thought, oh, so people will pay me to do this? So I just started hustling and booking gigs. I, I was booking gigs before I even knew how to set up a PA. And so that's just, it's just, I've just been going ever since. I did not ever think it would last. I did not think I would be sitting here talking to you almost nine years later with on the eve of the release of my second album, no way did I think that would happen. I thought this will be fun, and then we'll get busy with our real work again. Awesome. What what happened um, during COVID? What did you? Uh, well, not that we're really yeah. over it, but yeah, you know, how did you pivot? Did you start doing live streaming, or like what did you do? I was really fortunate. I had gone to. I had left for tour when COVID happened, and I was able to. On this tour, I was able to record my first EP. And and during that process, the lockdown started happening. So I'm on the road and I'm like, well, I can't hoard toilet paper because I'm traveling. <laughs> I wound up, I have a, a, a strong connection to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, where I recorded my first album. Just got back from a tour there. And 
I just wound up staying. I was really fortunate. I had a record deal and I was able to kind of live on that. And the trade-off was I wish I'd had a little more money to go towards marketing and promotion, but I was able to survive. And I just stayed there for, for all of 2020. I did do live streaming shows. I just tried to stay connected with my fan base. And I tried to tried to give, like I think for a while, all I was doing was posting a motivational quote every day just to put something positive and encouraging out. But as soon as a patio was open, anything. So I'm in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, so I could go to Florida. I could come to Texas. I could go. I was hustling and I was booking gigs as and when I as soon as I could. Because I, I had to. My life's livelihood depended on it. And so I hustled mm -hmm. pretty hard in that regard when a lot of people just weren't able to or didn't feel safe to. Awesome. Let's see. So what what gave you the the music bug in the first place? Why you know, was it like parents saying you have to have to learn piano or was it something you just like, oh, I want to do that? I think it was a mixture. My mom was pretty good about encouraging us to be well-rounded and music was a big part of our life growing up in our home. My mom would play piano and we would sing. It was old school, you know. Back then, my aunt was a very talented piano player and singer and uh, she never did a well, she got paid to do it, but she never really did it professionally. But music was a big part of our culture, of our family growing up, between my mom and my aunt and my grandparents, just infusing that into into life and fun. And mm. and my aunt was the young, younger, cool, hip aunt who, you know, we would watch MTV together and get in the car and go drag Maine and play play the rock station. I thought she would get, I would watch her getting ready for dates and she would be putting on like a Pat Benatar headband, <laughs> you know, it was the eighties. So not to age myself too bad, but so that was just kind of the framework for it all. Cool. Let's see my, my, my wife and I probably 2015 or 16, we saw Pat Benatar live and she met her. Oh, so cool. One of my heroes for sure. Here's one question. So I did see on your Instagram, I think it was a TikTok video, something about some really dangerous filming. So you want to talk about like hanging one of your friends out of a moonroof? I'm telling you, if you you DIY indie artists out there, if you need to make a music video, you just need somebody with a car and a moonroof and you need a, you need to get you a, a good redneck girl who's not afraid to hang out inside of that moonroof and we had a lot of fun with that she was actually reasonably safe about it but i knew this girl would get the job done with my brand new iphone you know hanging it out but but yeah you know i've i love to ride motorcycles i've wanted one for a long time i've been through the harley davidson riding academy i have really good relationships with a couple of harley davidson dealerships across the southeast and midwest and now here in texas and that have kind of sponsored me through some of this stuff. And for about a month now, I've had my own, finally, my own Harley. Her name, her full name is Sister Golden Hair Surprise, but I call her Blondie for short. <laughs> and if you're a classic rock fan, you'll get it. But yeah, Blondie is a big part of this record and everything going forward. I've been calling her my my publicist because everyone loves Blondie and she connects me with a lot of, a lot of new people 
But uh, the, I'm really excited about the music video. I'm doing the whole thing myself. I need to get it finished. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's great. And actually, yeah, let's talk about sponsorships because that that speaks really well to, you know, having your thing, whatever that thing is, and really, you know, going with it. Because obviously now you, you, you have the bike and, you know, I, I, I rode uh, sports bikes, so I, oh, nice. I've never been into the, the cruiser style, but you can go, you know, Harley de dealerships are everywhere, so you can have that network. And now, yeah. hey, they do an open day, so now you're 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 in that culture. So as a musician, that's a really good marketing tip is, is you know, find your niche and then, you know, really exploit that. So, I mean, how, how have you gone up about getting sponsorships outside of just the, the bikes and, and stuff like that? I haven't had a whole lot of, of that, to be honest. I've have had a, an endorsement or help through very organically through relationships. I have a Jimmy Wallace Telecaster. Jimmy Wallace is, mm -hmm. a, you know, Jimmy Wallace Guitar Gallery. Jimmy owns the Dallas International Guitar Festival. And uh, because of Jimmy's help and support, you know, it was not a free guitar, but it was the deal that I could make. And right. the only reason I have it is because Jimmy worked with me on it. He's a good friend for many years. He's seen me work hard and put up with a lot of crap. And, and it was totally by accident that I even had the guitar i was gonna do a music things just happen it's it's sort of this these serendipitous things when i just step outside my comfort zone sometimes and let go my hat says let go for dear life and it's like you know i was supposed to be in somebody else's music video that was a random connection from a friend who worked at guitar center they needed a girl to stand and play an electric guitar not even have an electric at the time and so I'm trying to borrow one. Can't get a hold of anybody, if you can imagine that. And the only time I can't get a hold of a guitar player is when I'm not paying them to play. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sort of. But um, <laughs> so I called, I called Jimmy and I just said, hey, I need a guitar. Can I borrow something? It doesn't even have to be playable. Yeah, come get one. So I go go pick one up and it's this beautiful guitar. And I was like, Jimmy, I didn't need anything special. So I, I take it home and the, the video shoot got postponed a week. And I said, hey, Jimmy, video shoots postponed a week. Can I can I keep the guitar? Yeah, sure. No problem. And I said, hey, I've got a full band show next Friday. Can I play this guitar? Absolutely. I said, let on have a nap. Well, come get one. And I started playing that guitar and I was like, darn you, Jimmy Wallace, because I just fell in love with it. Sold. And so I didn't think it would happen. And Jimmy's like, just come talk to me. And he he just he made it an irrefusible, obvious no brainer situation. And he does that for he does that for musicians. He's a very giving person, so I appreciate Jimmy. So that was a long story of, of that. But it's a lot of just not that I have a lot of endorsements of official. I'm an official representative of so and so, but I have a ton of relationships that are genuine and authentic, where that are reciprocal that are not just me on the take, not just somebody else on the take, where we help each other and it's real. And I would rather have that than just a bunch of fake people on my website that I don't even know. I don't care about them. They don't care about me. It's just me going, look at all the stuff and toys I have. I don't, I don't need that. I need real authentic things that are meaningful in life, not just fake phony showboating. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I, a lot of people i've talked to it's it's more about the relationship than the the gear 
you know, there's a couple of people I've talked to that said, yeah, I, I could have gone with anyone, but this guy I knew, you know, kept talking to me and say, hey, when are you going to try out this guitar? And, you know, it was, it, it really, it, it could have been any, any brand. It was just that, that was the guy. Yeah. So yeah, to totally. Have you any, have you played any uh, notable shows with anyone, you know, big thus far? Not yet. Any favorite shows or venues? Favorite shows and venues. I love to play out at the Third Rail at Hotel Vin and Grapevine is a lot of fun. The new Parker County Ice House in Willow Park is really fun. Uh, anything that anything that's a big, nice stage and not in the corner of a restaurant just makes you feel good. We got a really great show coming up December 10th at Poor David's Pub. It's an all original show. It's called Mini Fest. Mm-hmm. Dallas and I'm really excited to play that there are tons of if it's a festival festival style shows so there are a ton of artists on the bill and we're bringing the Texas size rock and roll so that's great yeah I haven't had had a chance to get down to the ice house it's like literally right down the street from me oh right so. yes it's great let's go on to the section I like to call the the non quick fire question round that I ask the same questions to everyone what significant negative experience have you overcome and what did it teach you <laughs> Which day of the week would you like me to talk about? <laughs> that's that's life, and that's an, being an adult, and that is being an entrepreneur. It's one I tell in, indie artists all the time. It's one thing to be a musician; it's another thing to be an entrepreneur. You have to be an entrepreneur to survive as a professional musician. Mm -hmm. It's very very hard. So it's daily choosing which difficult thing I want to choose to manage today is is normal life, but the most significant thing I would say is I had worked with an artist for several years and that relationship became really toxic and this person was all the promises in the world of hey I'm gonna mentor you I'm going to record your first EP I'm gonna help you I'm gonna teach you this person had a really good sales pitch and I worked with this artist for a long time and turned out to be you know uh, the one of the hardest things I ever walked through walking away from that, but also the most valuable lesson I've ever learned uh, in my life as far as my my worth, uh, my patterns that why I allow people to treat me certain ways. It made me a lot tougher and a lot stronger. And that this person had beat me down pretty bad. I, I just told someone yesterday, it's funny how the takers and the givers always find each other. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm on the, I'm a, I come from a very giving family and unfortunately we're, we, the takers find us a lot. Now, fast forward, I'm learning to recognize who the takers are a lot quicker, but what trained me for that was that relationship with that person that I was in for a long time. And it's not a blaming that person thing. It's a what have I done? What's my part in this? What did I do to to not be honest about what I wanted and needed and what my expectations are and just, you know, all of that. So, you know, you have to be true to yourself and learn to trust yourself. And for some of us, that's hard to do. Maybe not for everyone, but, you know, for women in this business, you know, I'll, I'll make a comment about something and and the guys will say, oh, yeah, and those guys have it hard, too. I'm like, you cannot relate to what it is like to be a female in this business who is really doing it. 
Not a, I'm not talking about the party scene girls who show up for a year and then you never hear of them again. The ones who are really doing it is a, such a small percent. There's very little support for that. And it's, it's very difficult. So, you know, for me, naturally, wanting, if, wanting someone, I love mentors. I love the, that type of relationship. But I had to learn to stop taking on mentors who, oh, a week later, I'm doing everything for you and getting nothing back other than this mm. this chapter of lessons that I now take into my next season and, and try try to not repeat. So For sure. So thank you for sharing that. I mean, I hope that kind of behavior is kind of shifting a little bit. I've definitely uh, touched on, you know, the misogyny and that kind of stuff in the music industry in previous episodes. So hopefully we're seeing a more positive shift going forward. I hope so. Yeah. What major positive experience has given you the push to follow this journey? Mm. You know, I moved to Muscle Shoals, Alabama in 2020 during COVID. I, I made connections and relationships there just through random traveling and touring by myself. I loved Muscle Shoals because, or the idea of it anyway, because of the rich music history, mm -hmm. the rich music history, but because not that alone, but because the Muscle Shoals sound wasn't this one thing, it was this blending of styles, rock, blues, soul, country, everything that's been recorded there. And I never could really seem to get the right musicians around me in Texas to not make me a Texas country band. That wasn't what I ever wanted to be. I've always been clear uh, about that I'm, this is rock and roll, it's a rock band, it's not a country band, but I never could seem to get the right players to help me care, execute that vision. So I went to Muscle Shoals and I think I went there after this experience with this other artist. And that was very painful thinking that I think the great obsession of every independent artist is that somebody's going to come and help me succeed. And while we do have to have people and resources that help us along our journey, the magical man in the suit that comes with the great record deal, that doesn't happen anymore. Record labels inv invest in businesses that are working. Yeah. And it's not that I thought that, the, that there was the magic record deal fairy was gonna come along or anything like that, but just who are the people with the knowledge to help me take the right action and move forward? And I'm only just recently finding those people. But I didn't really find that there. And of course, then it was COVID. So a lot of the cool things that were happening that made me want to move there, like these really neat songwriter gatherings, these really, they were, they were exclusive and they were serious and they were about the music and they were about mentoring. Those things went away and still haven't come back. Mm. So I kind of was on my own there. And what I found out, you know, I released my first EP, didn't know how to do any of that, figured it out just like I figured everything else out. And, and it's like, I, I went there to find all this help and I, I really found out that I, I really don't need anybody. And Gary told me that once, he goes, he just looked at me, he goes, Rhonda, you don't need anybody. You can go play by yourself, you'll tour, you'll, you'll put this band together, you love this, but you don't need us. Cause if we go away, you'll just carry right on. And I just thought, oh, that's interesting at the time that I was like, and, and I don't mean that you can go it alone when I say that, but it's just, you know, it's kind of like that, that I love that meme that says nobody cares, work harder. 
It's like, you've got you mm-hmm. and the resources to succeed are out there. Cause we all have a smartphone. We all have YouTube and Google, but, but I have had a hard time getting the, getting information that was good to act on until even just recently. So I'm really excited to apply all of that, but going to muscle shows, I, to answer your question more concisely, it's coffee's kicking in. Moving to Muscle Shoals, I, my whole life needed a reset. I needed a reset. I needed to find my self-worth, get my some self-confidence back, have some success, meet some really kind, cool, caring people who are all about music, be around that small community. And then I just kind of launched back to Texas from there because these resources started to show back up in Texas. So, Awesome. Yeah, so on that note, what what have you found are good resources that you've been using, you know, books, podcasts, video conferences, all that kind of stuff? What what's been been great for you? Everything I've found that is useful, I have found in the Indie Bible. Mm-hmm. And Gary told me about the Indie Bible. I had seen the Indie Bible, you know, advertised, but again, I was like, well, I don't know if this is what this is. This is just being another because I get tons of Everyone gets tons of stuff emailed to them all the time. Hey, try this. Sign up for this. And Gary was the one that said, no, this is a good resource. And so that's where I would point any serious indie DIY artist. I would point them to the Indie Bible. It's really changing my perspective and the way I I run my business. So I'm excited about. I'm just excited to have good information to act on and not waste my time. I, I find amongst my peers in many states, really well-meaning people. We're all just guessing so much and throwing stuff out there and hoping that it works. And because we're all just trying to grab bits of information from here, there, and everywhere. And it's just, I'm not, I, I think I've done the best I can with the knowledge that I've had, but the Indie Bible is a great resource. Awesome. You know, the reason I started this podcast, cause I became a podcast junkie and I think you know, I, I still consume quite a lot of content all over the place. I really like Ari Hurst and stuff. But the more the more you go through the different personalities and the different places to get that information, you start to see the same kind of thing just said in a different way. And once you start to see these similar ideas, you can say, all right, well, that's an idea that people that works. And this one guy that's saying this other separate thing, you know, it could work, but it's probably one of those out of the box things that may or may not work. But when, when the larger spectrum of people are saying the same thing, you, you kind of need to follow that path, I think, because everyone's saying the same thing. Right. It's like the, it becomes the new industry standard. Yeah. You know, exactly. and I, I like that. That's very well said. And I, 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 I'm kind of a podcast junkie too. You know, I, there's a guy named Rick Barker. He's, yep. he works a lot with the Indie Bible and I listen to, a lot of his podcasts and what I love about Rick is he points you to all these other people who are knowledgeable and successful and proven. They're proven people. Right. They're not guessing. They're saying, do this, this, and this, and you can immediately go act on it. And I've, I've seen a lot of growth in my social media since I started listening to Rick and even just there are questions I've had for years that I couldn't get anyone to answer mm. and that he had this entertainment attorney on. And I can't remember her name right now, but if you follow him, you'll find her. And she answered the questions like in the first three minutes of the podcast, like boom, boom, boom. And I was like, 
mind blown. I've been <laughs> wondering this for years and I do need to do this. Okay. It's all the not non-sexy parts of the business that, that we need help with. Most of us are good at for the sure. shining on stage and connecting with an audience part. Right. But the making money and the, the running the, the admin side, the left, the left brain stuff <sighs> struggles real. Hmm. Well, I mean, that, that, that's uh, Taylor Swift's former manager. So, yeah. you know, there's a reason why she, she got where she was with him at the helm. Yeah. So I actually, I had a previous guest on Chase the Comet. They're a Russian couple. They, they were living in LA. I think they moved back to Russia, but they, they were following him. They were actually signed up for his uh, personal um, training set. So they, they were doing pretty well. too. Nice. So. Last question is, what does music mean to you? Wow. It, it's kind of survival, you know, it's helped me survive so much in life. Uh, it's therapy and, you know, it's, it's, I live for the magic, you know, I love, I love technology and all these things that we do and all these struggles and challenges and overcoming and blah, 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 blah. But it's that, that moment when I get on stage with my band, especially and if it doesn't matter, some nights we get a lot of magic. It all depends on the crowd. Some nights we get five seconds of magic. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's enough to, it's like crack or something. I don't know. I never did crack, but something that takes you out of one state and puts you in another and you're so high. It feels so good. I like to feel good all the time. And it is so euphoric in that moment that we were all here in this state and now we're in a completely different state. That that magical transportation, transformation. And it's like your tank just gets so filled. I don't think it matters if you're on the stage side or the audience side it, and you're just healed and you're better and you, you've, you've just experienced something so real and you leave and take that away and go, wow. I maybe can do life another day because, you know, I'm big on the mental health awareness stuff. It's challenging for me. It's challenging for everyone. I don't know anybody that doesn't live in an almost constant state of overwhelm right now, no matter what walk of life they're in. One of my friends said about a week ago, I'm so overwhelmed. I said, well, overwhelmed is the new normal. And then I did this whole, I have a private Facebook group called the good vibe tribe. And I did a, a video and a question of how do we we acknowledge that it's overwhelm is a part of living your dream of being an entrepreneur but we don't stay there how do we take steps to get out of that and become useful to ourselves again and we had a great conversation on that but um that's kind of like back to what music does so and music can do what nothing else can do Music is a vehicle for truth like nothing else. It can be my truth when it comes out of me, but it's your truth when it gets to you. Mm -hmm. And I, I have stayed out of politics. I've stayed out of religion. I've stayed out of all of that because I don't want to taint the message. I want it to be pure from me to you and it to be able to mean to you whatever it's supposed to mean. I will be going through something get on stage by myself and sing my own songs. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh yeah, they help me. I'm my own therapist because at that moment, it's almost like somebody else wrote them, which is probably, probably true. 
to some degree, but so, you know, it's life, it's healing. It does, it's a vehicle for truth like nothing else that I know of in the world when it's pure. When I can keep my ego out of it as an artist and my opinions and my beliefs, and I can just, I learned this in Muscle Shoals from the lady that discovered Garth Brooks, Mm. the song should be able to stand on its own. Here you go. And I really try to guard that and and stay true to that. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So if people want to get in touch, listen to your music, where can they go? The best place to go is rondaraymusic.com. It's R-O-N-D-A-R-A-Y music, no H in Rhonda. From there, you can find videos, uh, downloading links, streaming links. You can find the links to all my socials. Takes you everywhere you want to go. Probably tells you more than you ever thought you needed to know about me. Awesome. And then at the end, I like to play a track by the artist I'm interviewing. So which song did you want to go with? I think we need to give them a special exclusive preview, sneak peek, just for your listeners of my new single coming off the new record. Awesome. And what's the song called? The song's called Walking Away, produced by Gary McGrath. Fantastic. When's the album coming out? The album will be out in March. The single will be out in December. So get connected and stay tuned. Killer. So any, just before we finish, any stories about the song, about recording it, or about what it's about, how, how you came up with it? Recording this album was an extremely emotional experience, emotional experience. Gary brought my vision to pass. It's the album I wanted to make. This, these songs were written out of one of the most difficult seasons of my life. And every time I hear them, you know, they talk to me. This particular song, I probably wouldn't have chosen for the first single. Gary chose it. I'm glad he did. It's always been personally kind of my favorite song of mine that I've ever written. I don't know why other than maybe the meaning. And I love the way the production turned out in the studio. Uh, Guyton Sanders on drums and percussion. Dean Minerly on keys. Uh, He was formerly of Three Dog Night. Way back in the day, he's toured oh, wow. with Aretha Franklin, Guyton Sanders with the Vandaliers, and then, of course, Gary on guitars and bass. And I just, it's just, to me, their work is outstanding. Fantastic. All right. Well, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. So, yeah, continued success, and please stay in touch. Thanks so much, Simon. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform as this really helps get the word out about the podcast so other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musicians community collectively learns, the stronger we will become. A rising tide lifts all ships. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering a full range of apparel decoration and promotional items such as screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and much more. The Skinny Armadillo is now offering a merch fulfillment service including on-demand printing and a custom-built web store so you can concentrate on your music and running your business as a musician. Visit theskinnyarmadillo.com or call 817-546-1430 to learn how the Skinny Armadillo can help you take your merch to the next level. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. Here's Rhonda Ray with an exclusive preview of her upcoming single, Walking Away.
had questions You damn sure knew what to say And yes was my answer Even though my heart said wait Sometimes it's not as easy as walking away I'd seen the end from the beginning Taking time to count the cost Wish I'd listened to my mother She's been here after all Sometimes it's not as easy as walking away Get out.